Welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin, Kali J. Quack, quack, babies. Um, all right. We don't have business today, I don't think, but it is Pride Month. We did pick a queer-ass film, and by we, I mean Kali picked this one? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Kali picked this off my list. So we did the 2020 film, No Hard Feelings, a.k.a. Future Dry. Um, Future Dry? Mm-hmm. Where, what, who? Future Dry is the German title. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I'm sitting, I'm like, was there an alternate title? I never saw this. Future Dry, it's in German. Uh, those do both sound like American words. Future is possibly the did same you, word in did German. Did you look up the pronunciation of those words? Dry is three in German. I already knew that. Eins by Dry. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Wait, so then what's the, fu- what, what's the translate to? The Future 3. The Future 3. I like that a lot better. Yeah. That's a way better title than No Hard Feelings. There was another alternate title like that was a working title before they settled on Future Dry, but I don't remember what it was, though. <laughs> it really centers it more around the ultimately like three characters yeah. that we come to be most invested in mm-hmm. rather than just Parvis, yeah, mm-hmm. who I think... Just basically, I mean, the movie centers around him just more naturally. Yeah. Because he's the first character we really get to. But with No Hard Feelings, we do also get a titular line, which we love. You're right. It's up to (laughs) pros and cons, baby. It's pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But now we get both. Yeah, I'm good with this. I'm good with this, yeah. Yeah, was there a reason you picked this one? I guess since you picked it, you can... I thought it was an Iranian movie, Mm -hmm. and that's it. I clicked on it. I saw Iranian, and I'd looked through some of the other ones, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this, not really feeling this. And I wanted to do one that I knew was good. Yeah. So I ended up ranking them in order of average score, and this was like third or fourth mm-hmm. in order. So I was like, okay, it's got a good rating. I see Iranian somewhere in the description. I've never seen an Iranian movie. Yeah. It turns out the movie is an Iranian Mm-hmm. Big swing and a miss on my part. Well, s- it's sort of. I've s- yeah. We'll get into it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen German movies. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a film from this country. But still, um, I've never seen a German movie that centers around Iranians. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's just this stupid little check mark in my head where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I can say I've seen an Iranian movie. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why I picked it. It looked good and it seemed to offer me something that was out of my comfort zone. I didn't... Mm-hmm. Out of your jurisdiction? <laughs> out of my uh, everything. Yeah. Trust me. I did not vibe with a lot of the vibing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Any any dancing, any vibing, I'm like, well, if I were we'll there... We'll get into this. I'd say, we'll no, thank it. you, sir. <laughs> Oh, yeah. One thing I forgot to mention that I don't know if this is interesting. Me and Kali are in person today. It is interesting. It's very interesting. (laughs) We're very rarely in person, but now, news alert, we live in the same state, so. (laughs) We live together.com. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if that's still up. I don't know. It's a porno site. Ew! (laughs) So, yeah, we're in person today. This is fun for us. All right, so if we're going to go move on into the cast and such, this is Faraz Shariat's directorial film debut. 
he also wrote this movie. This is a German movie, so everyone in it is mainly German actors, and almost everyone in it, this was either their first thing or, like, one of the first things they've ever done, so there's not really anybody that we would recognize in it. But just one little cool thing is that the main character's parents are played by the director's parents, his actual parents. Oh, that's really cute. I thought that was really cute. I was gonna say, the parents look too old for that kid. (laughs) Those are grandma (laughs) You never know. I know. Well, because in the film also, they had been in Germany for a long time before they had him. Something like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, So like, it seems like he was kind of a later in life. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say for cast then. So, um, Kali, what's our critic score? Only three cricket scores here from the heathens over at IMDb. We've got a six point <laughs> seven out of ten. Gross. I don't, I don't even know. know who how IMDb like collects their what, out of ten. That's two. I don't know what the six points. That's a terrible metric. Yeah, get it out of here. <laughs> out of five or nothing or percentages. That's we'll see what the next one. The I next believe that would ones. that would translate to a sixty-seven percent. I look. I can. I do the math. <laughs> Yes. Give me a percentage or out of five. That's all I want. Out of ten, actually, easier math to figure out the percentage than out of five. Who who gives a hoot? That's why give me one or the other. If you give me a two and a half out of five, I don't need to go. I don't need to know that's 50%. Yeah. You're right. I do know it's 50%. You know that that's exactly middle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I'm fine with zero to 100% though. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of 100%, this movie has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) But only what? Like 12 reviewers? Yeah. It it is what it is. It's pretty indie film. Yeah. So there's not a ton of reviews anyway. Mm -hmm. And then Google users are are wild card babies. We got an 85%. Pretty good. Yeah. Coming in hot. Even the 6.7 from those jerks over at IMDb is still good. Yeah. So normally we watch the trailer, but this is a foreign film, so the trailer's not in English. So Kali's going to read a plot summary. Second generation Irani-German Parvis copes with life in his small hometown in Germany by indulging himself pop culture, grinder dates, and raves. After being sentenced to community service at a refugee shelter, he develops a relationship with two siblings attempting to attain refugee status. Hell yeah. <laughs> when I lean back in the chair, it sounds sound a little like a fart. Did you do a fight? No. <laughs> Colin did a fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess let's dive right into it. One of the first things I noticed about this film was the cinematography. It's which, nuts. Gorgeous. Nuts. Right? Yeah. There's something... Ugh, outdoor shots. Was it shot with a... Do you know? I don't, I don't do have know? any idea what it was shot with. All I know is that there were only two to three members of the crew who had ever worked in film production before, and everyone else was novice and taught themselves on this movie. So <laughs> it looks great. Like <laughs> the cinematographer, I did look up his like credits, and while he doesn't have like a ton, he did have some. So okay. I figured that he was probably like one of the ones with experience before. But it was gorgeous. It was outstanding. Every uh, shot, I was like, oh beautiful beautiful yeah 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 like i for some reason shots outdoors outside of the it, it looks like government housing or whatever it mm-hmm. is their 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 apartment building it's a refugee shelter no 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 not the outside of parvises where parvis lived with his family that's mm-hmm. a refugee shelter no that's like suburbs yeah okay suburbs whatever the apartment complex i don't know why i thought it was government housing um it's I think it, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Just I think that's just the architectural it just style looks boxy. of the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 
anyway, there's it's pretty early on, but you know, a couple minutes in, there's just this camera work that it swir- swerves in between people, mm-hmm. and it's so fucking fluid and looks gorgeous that I was like, this is probably a drone, which you know, fine, that just looks great. I just want to know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This just uh, it got my attention. Caught my attention. Yeah. Huge at the. At the I mean, top. constantly in the film. Just shot compositions, even indoors, just with between people or outdoors. Like the colors are super saturated and vibrant, mm-hmm. and just every shot was just gorgeous. I thought I, I was constantly just being taken aback by the cinematography. Yeah. I don't think that we've watched a movie in a while where it had really intentional cinematography. I don't think not like this. Yeah, yeah. So that was really nice. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned, but this is a German film um, set in Germany about an Iranian femme queer boy, which is like unique representation on every level already. Checks (laughs) checks all the boxes, yeah. (laughs) I think this movie does a lot, and we'll get into all of it, but like it does a lot on representation levels that I don't see that often. Absolutely. And it's very layered and intersectional too with not only... It doesn't center around these characters' queerness, but it also shows them being not only queer, but also second generation nationalized POC or being immigrant or whatever. There's like a lot of other things going on and that's really cool. Intersectional is the best word for it because Mm -hmm. you really are seeing the intersection of all of those things, of all Mm -hmm. of those identities interact and it's fascinating and it's, it's heartbreaking at times especially when that the, the cultural identity blends with his sexual or, or gender presentation, however you want to mm-hmm. call it. You don't get this level of representation like you this. You really especially don't. Especially knowing how DIY this movie is. Like, yeah. It gives it an entire other level of, like, of cred. Yeah. Of, like, of representation. Yeah. And, like... Even how you were saying you thought this was an Iranian movie, but it turned out to be a German movie about Iranians. Like, even that, like, I don't think I've really watched a movie about immigrants that wasn't American immigrants. Yeah. It's it's rare, and it does, like, shit, I didn't know anything about Germany's yeah. attitudes towards... I knew that there was a crisis a little, a little bit ago, but I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Not a lot of that, like, reaches us here, because we have enough of that you have to shit really going on. Inten- yeah, you gotta be really <laughs> intentional to know how, like, the Syrian refugee crisis affected Germany. But, you know, it looks just as fucking heartless. Yeah. Maybe not as violent, but... I don't know if, if anybody reaches as violently hey. heartless levels that yeah. we do in America. I don't know. You maybe. Maybe they do, but like, or, you know, besides like. You can be violent. Israel or whatever, you can be but. heartless, but you can't be as violent and heartless as the USA, baby. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, all of that just on a representation level was really unique, refreshing, and cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Drew me in. Also, language-wise, they switch a lot between Farsi, German, and English throughout the whole movie. I do wish that there was some kind of signifier, like how we how they did in Handmaiden, like when mm. they changed the color of the subtitles. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it doesn't really matter that much, but I just kind of like to know. It might add some context to like when they're speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. Just contextually, it seems like when the three main characters are speaking to each other, they are speaking in Farsi. And when they're not speaking to each other, they're in German. But 
I just kind of yeah. wish I knew. That's all. Yeah. Something you're missing as I, like I, a non-speaker of any of those languages. <laughs> I would like. I would like that as well. Yeah. I don't know what else to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie is autobiographical a lot of ways to the director. Um, who is also a German-Iranian gay man. And this film opens, I think, with home movies footage. Yeah. And that is his home movies. That's him as a boy. Good on his parents for letting him dress up as a Sailor Moon. Yeah. Like, that's the gay... Like, they open with one of the gayest things ever, <laughs> which is this kid dressed as Sailor Moon and singing the, the theme song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which he and, continues into his adulthood. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as you'll see at... Mm-hmm. at many prides this year um <laughs> sure <laughs> but yeah at least get on his and fuck it seems like his parents are pretty rad and accepting if they're yeah. gonna even be in his movie so hell yeah. yeah yeah for all intents and purposes i think that his parents yeah basically are the characters that they play in this movie i think that that story is more or less uh true to his life that they're super accepting and mm-hmm. you know just want him to be himself or whatever He also, the director has mentioned that, so he has all these hours and hours of um, home movie footage that he got from his dad. And he mentioned that, and this is something, a sort of theme that might play in a little bit later into this movie too, is that when he was watching through all these home movies, something he noticed was that they're not only like a documentation of his childhood, but also a documentation of how his immigrant father saw Germany and like what he thought was interesting about being in Germany. Yeah. Which is kind of just interesting. Yeah, Yeah, because your parents are ultimately going to, it shows you what your parents care about. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. That is really cool to think about. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things presented about immigrant experience um, or even being second generation in this movie that either I've heard people talk like immigrant people or second generation people talk about a lot but not really seen in movies or some stuff that I don't think about or haven't thought about, um, which is also cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not the, the folks to speak on the immigrant <laughs> immig- the immigrants experience. Yeah. Um, but just I, I've had those same revelations too. like listening to for me, it was a lot in college, uh, going to school with Latinx students and hearing about their family's experiences and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just fucking you become insulated from it. And I think things are meant to make you insulated from it. You're not supposed to always know how difficult it is, because if you know how fucked up and brutal the immigration system is and why so many families have to come here on their own terms i think it gives second generation and immigrant families just a much kinder more human look than a lot of immigration services governments want to get want you to have mm-hmm. yeah definitely and shouldn't need to be said but borders are stupid yep. immigration Fuck the borders. idiotic the system let, of it at least just like, let people walk like <laughs> let people walk yeah. around <laughs> yeah we're first introduced to parvis who is the main guy character mm-hmm. i am gonna use character names this time there's only three there's only three I only, <laughs> what's hold on what is the the girl's name bana or banafshi uh and that's actually the actor's name as well okay banafshi uh, and Aman is the other one, but mm-hmm. we'll get to him. So they kind of establish Parvis as, like I said, like a queer femme boy. He is living kind of aimlessly. They introduce him as 
as being kind of tied to more Western ideals of gayness, like obsession with physical form. We see him have like a little bit of an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, having lots of casual sex, going mm-hmm. to gay clubs and dancing a lot. Like those all seem like kind of more Western tropes of uh, male gayness. No, absolutely. Yeah. There's that little shot, I think right before the title card shows, where Parvis is just, like, making out with some dude at a club, and he just goes, where are you from? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, hard, no hard feelings. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just fast and loose, baby. Yeah, you know, n- not really... Um... He's probably, what, 18, 19? Yeah, he's young. I don't know how young... they. I don't think they ever say how young they are. They go to bars, but bar age is probably different in Germany. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say like out of high school. 20 max. Equivalent. 21 yeah, yeah, yeah. hops tops. <laughs> yeah. The one guy has braces. Like, come on. He's teen. I mean, like, Harvest is like. This is definitely a Zoomer movie. A, oh, very much so a Zoomer very movie. Very much so a Zoomer movie. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. was kind of cool that Zoomers are old enough to be making movies, though. You think that's horrifying. I, I, think, it's, <laughs> I think it's terrifying. I just saw Kali's la- life flash before his eyes. It's because, <laughs> it's because of the Zoomer culture that I get exposed to. Oh, all right? okay. So the Zoomer culture I get exposed to is mm-hmm. not what, like, SNL had that, that dumb Zoomer skit, and it's all, just them saying, like, gang, fam, bruh, bruh. Yeah. And, like, I get that. But uh, Zoomers, especially, uh, surprise, surprise, in southern Indiana, mm-hmm. well, actually all over the state of Indiana, not the most politically correct, mm. quote unquote. Okay. So the Zoomers I know, regardless of race, all love saying the N-word. Oh, geez. <laughs> so that's coming out the gate. It's always tough because I'm like, all you teens, stop it. Stop saying the N-word. Don't make me explain why the black kids can say it, but we can't again. I don't want to go oh through that. Gosh. Number two, Zoomers, all the fucking Zoomer YouTube videos they've showed me, streamers, you know, content, commenters, uh-huh. whatever you want to call them. They all have the most, like, chaotic ADHD <laughs> approach to video editing. Yeah. Where it's just, I, I can't, like, watch them. Because it stresses you out. I don't want to freak us all out. And this All of us, the two of us <laughs> in this room. But for an example to the audience, it will sound like, okay, so now we're going to walk out the... Uh, hey, what you get with it? Okay, now we're gonna and like this is him commenting on a game or something, and it's just talking as fast as they can, interspersed with screams and like hollers and and laughing. And are you saying they're a little too random for you? Yes, and it's not the right kind of random. It's not like <laughs> random uh, when things are like I'm just like random, a you know, like when someone's random. Awkward. Awkward sauce. Oh my gosh. Remember awkward turtle or whatever? That's what I am, baby. That's the kind of, that's cute when that happens. That's like yeah. Zoe, you remember Zoe Deschanel? Yeah. Yeah, that's cute, awkward. Okay. This, uh-uh. This is perverse. I don't trust, the fact that, why'd you bring up Zoomers? Because I don't trust this movie anymore now. I don't know, like, these seem like, though, I watched some interviews with the crew and stuff. Um, are they young? How old are they? They are young. I don't know, like, their age or anything, but they're young, you know, okay. probably early 20s. But they're, like, the um, more political, like, discourse oh, type Zoomers. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, little, what's her name? Greta Thornberg. Yeah. I don't, hang on. I don't see those kids. Yeah. I see the quote-unquote <laughs> bad kids. 
To be fair, you work in a shelter, which famously good kids probably mostly not going to. I don't know. It happens. It, it was really weird the one time we had a kid who was brought there who had a violin with him. And he, he, had to, he said he had to go to violin uh-huh. practice. And he told school. him he was a dweeb. And I was like... And gave him a wedgie. I was like, you're going to get beat up for bringing that thing in here, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, the kids wouldn't beat him up for bringing a violin in. I don't have a joke. That's just a truth. <laughs> just for legal reasons, we have to say. <laughs> Speaking of legal reasons, Parvis yeah. encounters some legal trouble and has to do 120 hours of community service at a Red Cross refugee sh- shelter. You know, hmm. I thought that sounded like a lot, but 120 hours, that's not thats not mm-hmm. all that much. It's like three weeks of full-time work. Yeah. I just, I've never thought about it because you always hear so-and-so celebrity gets x amount of community service i've never thought about like a hundred versus a thousand hours mm-hmm. in actual time hundred hours not that much thousand hours that's way too much that's a lot it's a, a lot of hours i'm so sorry to get bogged down in the nitty-gritty <laughs> of this film so that's actually another autobiographical element of this film because the writer director Faraz shariat uh, himself also had to do community service in a refugee shelter in the German town Heidelschein, where the film is set. Okay. And while he was doing that um, is when he came up with the idea for this movie, actually. Makes sense. Pretty cool. Yeah. So when Parvis is strutting into this joint, he sees the other aggressively hetero guys mm-hmm. and takes out his earrings. The filmmakers noted... That this is an aspect of queerness that they wanted specifically to demonstrate is how queer people are hyper aware of their environments and how they interact with them Mm -hmm. and what parts of themselves they can safely share within different environments and watching people make those choices as well. I think that was that quality or, or feature or whatever was displayed incredibly well. That I that was so at the forefront yeah. of my brain. At that scene, I thought about my own times that I I'm not even I'm not queer. I, that's not something I have to worry about. But I still have to worry about hypermasculinity, especially mm-hmm. as a kid, a high schooler, and shit like that. Fuck, even today because I don't like be, just because I wear like skinny jeans and I work I've worked in rural counties like mm-hmm. that's gotten me looks but this this put that all in context for me which is like I have so much to safety so much to fall back on and privilege is what I'm getting at mm-hmm. as a cis, cis het guy that a queer person does not have and that yeah that it's displayed incredibly well by that like just takes his earrings out and just looks like he wants to blend into the wall like yeah. you don't have to look at me we don't have to talk please just leave me alone we'll all be okay yeah And that's probably, like, that particular instance of that is probably the most, like, on-the-nose instance of that in this movie. Mm -hmm. But I think throughout the movie, not only with Parvis's character, but with the friend who we're going to meet in a minute, or friend-slash-future-boyfriend, you also see that with him in some ways, too, that... Each of them are only exposing certain aspects of themselves in certain environments all throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. Whether they're with family, whether they're at the club, whether they're at this refugee center, it's like different sides of them. But it's like, it's still them in in every scenario. It's just different shades. Yeah. And we all have that to the same, to varying extents. To some degree, yeah. Uh, But that, 
that queer side yeah. is such a... You have to make like a conscious choice <sighs> constantly and be so aware of how the people around you will react to your Yeah, it queerness. can yeah. be a, safe, a safety concern. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to navigate. And yeah, I think something that we don't see represented that often. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, typically in, in a lot of queer films, it's more black and white. It's either like, I'm in the closet in this scenario. I'm out of the closet in this scenario, you know, and like... This movie, I think, just shows shows a lot more shades. Yeah, you know, I want to spoil some for later, but I, I'll, but Lindsay and I, ju- I just because this is is good for this. Lindsay and I just watched The Faculty, uh-huh. where Clea Duvall mm-hmm. is in it, and I feel like you'll remember this because I feel like you just love. What that they teased that she was going to be lesbian at the beginning, and then yes, she- and I was like, <laughs> when they teased it, and I thought this was like, oh I'll my never god, forget it. <laughs> what a progressive film that she is like, yeah. utilizing her lesbianism in a way to like insulate her, and I was like, this is so cool. Oh, okay. She's, but no, she's not. she instantly goes, "Ew, I would never yeah. be gay." <laughs> And your heart breaks. Instantly. Yeah, I was just, what the fuck? What? No, she is okay. Yeah, and she was out then too, which is sad. She did, um, but I'm a cheerleader, like right around then too. Yeah, it's it's, so. it's probably just fucking studios. Yeah, probably studio thing, but she was 98. That's my least favorite part about that movie. It's really, a, I mean, look, the way they treat her character too. For the remainder of the movie yeah. is pretty like... And then like force her into a straight relationship at the end. Yeah. She's like obsessed with the guy and totally changes for it. Yeah. It really <laughs> kind of like bumped me out when it happened. Yeah. I was really upset yeah. when, when they didn't make Clea Duval gay. It made me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about the bad No, no, no. <laughs> it, it just, that popped in my mind. Yeah. Because it uh, yeah. it's fresh. Yep. Yeah. So one of the first things he has to do at this refugee center is try and translate for a deportation case this was fucking this stressed me out because i wanted to know what he had like this this movie is very show not tell we Mm -hmm. don't really get a lot of okay so here's where we're going and this is what we're going to be doing yeah it just we're at a new place we gotta figure it out yeah keep up i like that i like that about this though that it, it kind of stresses me out sometimes because I <laughs> I miss a lot of details. I'm not great. There at, were a couple things that took around. a little longer to fill in, and um, that was one of them. But I, when he was, it became apparent that he was translating for the deportation case. I was just like, no, what the fuck? Why are you having a kid do this? Mm-hmm. What had he? I wanted to know what he had cons- like not consented to because it's not really like he probably had any say. But like, did they just give this to him because he's you know, Iranian? Or did he say, hey, I know how to speak Farsi? And Yeah, I think the thing was that he spoke Farsi well enough that they thought he could be a translator because they're all, you know, the people running this place are not Iranian. They're mostly white people. They don't really give a shit. Yeah. The quality. Yeah. They're just like, oh, you speak it? Sure. Yeah. They thought he spoke it well enough that he could translate, but because he's second generation, he doesn't understand local dialects and Mm -hmm. stuff that are from that country, even though he speaks the language. So he couldn't understand her. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was tough. And it ultimately ultimately ends with him basically, how I read it was he like freaks out because he can't understand this woman. Mm -hmm. And in an attempt to basically put a stay in for her deportation, claims that she's just pregnant. Yeah. It's it's bullshitting, right? I think that's, that was also my read. Okay. Was like, yeah, he couldn't really understand what she was saying. 
And then he, like, tried to make up some symptoms of something she might have. Not sleeping. When she's like, man, come on. And, like, it's clear that, like, he really just wants to help her. Obviously. Nobody wants to, like, be the reason somebody gets deported. But also he can't understand her and he's just trying to think of whatever he can off the top of his head to, like, to, to help. But, yeah, ultimately he gets really stressed out, says that she's pregnant, and then he's crying afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. God. That would suck. I'd hate to have to be a translator. Yeah, and to be sentenced to this. Like, it's not even something you chose. Exactly. Like, I mean, if anything, it it shows the heart, the lack thereof, of the people who put that program into place, punitively providing a translator. Yeah. Like, you don't get a translator who's... Who is a professional translator? Yeah. No, 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 no. You just get this this kid who might know some Farsi. Yeah. And it's it's and the kid's being punished. So, I mean, it <laughs> it just completely fucks over whoever's being deported. Yeah, which they love to do. Absolutely. <laughs> That's their governments main goal. <laughs> love fucking over immigrants. Yeah. And while he's outside crying, is when he meets his friend Aman. Yeah, Aman, nice guy. I don't know. It just seems like. He wants to be friends. He does lie to Aman at first and act like he's also a refugee at the center. Yeah. Which was weird, but I guess that's something young guys do. Teenagers do young love people. to lie. Mm-hmm. Teenagers love lying. Yeah, so... I lied a ton as a teenager, though. Yeah. I get it. Just about stupid stuff. I only lied to my mom. I just wanted to be cooler than I was. Mm. I didn't think I was cool, so I thought I had to make up stuff about Mm -hmm. me to prove that I was cool. But then everybody knows you're a liar. But then everyone knew I was a liar, and so no one believed anything that I said. The other thing, though, is I would just make up lies that no one could really prove. Yeah. But that also didn't really matter. Uh It was like, yeah, I hung out all day with the lead singer of Streetlight Manifesto. (laughs) And everyone's like, all right. Yeah. We don't really care if you did that or didn't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I, I, I did. Yeah. Um, or like, yeah, I've read the entire Godfather trilogy. Yeah. Like, the, no one's going to fact check me on that. Yeah. But also everyone's like, oh, God, I do not care if you've read that. Yeah. I knew a lot of liar guys as a young person. It's a I, classic trope that you need. I used to work with the guy who had some real crazy ones. Who said that, like, he was arrested at the age of 16 for cocaine and then, like, sent to the military as, like, a punishment, had to go to Brazil and romp through the oh my woods. God. That's good. See, I've never that I've never been that bold. And then he said that he had to work undercover or they were going to um, arrest him again. And now he's in his 20s when he's telling me this story. <laughs> he had to work undercover and that he had to do drugs um, undercover or else like the drug people would know that he was undercover and <laughs> he needed me to drop him off at these drug people's house uh, Oh my God. <laughs> Can I tell you a really embarrassing thing I did back when I used to drink? Yes. <laughs> so I was in New York City and I needed to get a cab back to my aunt's apartment mm-hmm. and I was very, very drunk. I was there alone and I, I, I left like a comedy club and... I was. I got in the cab. I was t- 21, 22 at the time, and I. I guess that. But like my little liar guy gave a little like, "Hey, do something." And for this entire like 15 the minute drive, the devil on your shoulder. Devil on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I uh, pretended that I was an Australian law professor. Ooh! And used. Oh, I did pretend an Australian that I was Australian accent for an entire drive, <laughs> which must have been abysmal. <laughs> 
And I cannot imagine this driver just being like, what is this wasted white kid going in and out of an Australian accent telling me about his law job back in back in Queensland? I did when I was six years old one time pretend to be my own twin that had been living in England. And I did do an English accent for a while to a friend. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You, I think it's good to do these things. <laughs> she did not believe me. <laughs> so where were we? Aman is a nice friend at first, but the rest of the Iranian crew that are there, because there's like a group of them there, seem to not be mostly as chill with like the gayness because Parvis is, he's readable. Like Mm -hmm. he's, um, walks into a room and everyone knows he's gay type gay. So everyone knows, Mm -hmm. you know, where he stands on that. And the rest of the crew are not as chill about that. And they actually tell Amon not to talk to him because, quote, that shit's contagious, contagious, which was a little intense. Yeah. I heard some people more familiar with immigration, like, talking about this, and I thought this was an interesting perspective that I don't really think about, but resettlement organizations or refugee camps, like, whatever type places like this, often resettle immigrants with people from their same country, Mm -hmm. thinking it will make transition easier, which assumes that the reason the person is resettling or emigrating or whatever, their reasoning is divorced from the people of their home country. And with queer people, that's obviously often not the case. Like the reason that they're leaving their home countries, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but a lot of the time has to do with being endangered because of their queer status. Yeah. So then putting them in a situation where they're just with their people from their home country again is actually putting them into an unsafe environment when the intention is that that will make the environment safe or feel more comfortable being around their people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When in actuality, it is actually the opposite. And also that a lot of these type of places are run by religious organizations, um, which makes it even more unsafe for a queer person to disclose their status even. I just thought that was like a really interesting way to look at that that I don't really think about, but is true. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that with Amon. Like, he never, you know, says in words what's going on with him, but he does experience same-sex attraction in this movie and is not able to really express that with his other Iranian friends who are constantly ragging on this dude for being queer yeah because it's not as accepted in their culture speaking of being queer next scene is parvis going to do sex (laughs) with a random yep (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. i remember this one and it's good gay sex they fully eat ass yeah i mean we just get it all and I thought that that was great representation. There's great sex representation in this movie. We've talked about it on pod before, but there's often not good representation, <laughs> if any. Yeah. <laughs> and this seemed like really good, accurate gay sex representation. And even later in the movie, we also get masturbation representation. Oh, Fingering his own ass type stuff. Yeah, we get a very, I, I, I'd say a good five to seven minutes of on-screen, like, filth. 
But in the good way, I think. I, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching the, watching all of it. And I'm like, yeah, go right, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah. Yep. They yeah. were eating ass on film. I, they you were eating ass. You do not see that on, on I, film. I don't see it a lot. Yeah. I just thought that was Harvest's, was the guy even holding him up at all? He was sitting on face. Was, and then Parvis was jerking it with one hand. Mm-hmm. So is he just squatting? Maybe a combo of squatting with like minor support needs, from arms. He definitely needs support. Mm-hmm. He's skinny though. He can probably squat easy. He's so tiny. Yeah. He's skinny and he's young. The knee's still in full right. function. <laughs> Trying to figure Disgusting. out the logistics of getting his axe eight. <laughs> why go that? Oh, because he wants to masturbate. I was going to say, mm-hmm. why not go face down? No, no, go, go. That, that, that seems like the, either I don't, way. I don't know. It's a position thing. I have like, never eaten ass, so I can, don't know. Really? I've never eaten ass. You could try it. I know I could. You're I, getting look, married soon. You can eat ass for the first time. I'm, I'm well aware. The, the ass eating <laughs> look. What my fiance and I discuss about ass eating behind closed doors is yeah. our business. Okay. But let it be known. <laughs> Collie J's no prude. I'm aware of ass eating. <laughs> and it's been on the table before. Okay. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> oh, that thing that so you were like, huh, you've never eaten ass? I don't know. I just think it's something most people either do or receive at least once. Really? I, not common. At least, here's what I'll say. Straights, yeah. Straights and their butts. We don't, we don't like our butts. Well, I think um, more so than you thinking straight people don't do it is that straight men would never tell each other. Bingo, yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that seems gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, there's, butts are yeah. gay canonically. <laughs> yeah. Butts. Look, I think butts are gay. I do want to say that. All butts. A bag. <laughs> Getting that tattooed on my ass. <laughs> Actually considering it. A-bag. Oh, what's a gay, baby? Can we get twin tats? Oh, I'd get an A-bag tattoo because it's my belief. I'll add that to my anti-belly button platform. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, the belly button conversation was pre-recording, so. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. Just know that I'm anti-belly button in every respect. I found out something new about my friend today. Um... <laughs> Um, okay, so, yeah, 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 good sex representation. Afterwards, also good conversation representation. This is something, the conversation that Parvis and the man he sleeps with, who is a white man, have after sex is something that I've heard people of color talk about happening to them a lot. And I don't think I've ever seen the conversation happen on screen, though, to my recollection. So what happens is this white man who just slept with an Iranian boy... Boy, oh, that makes it sound bad. Uh, yeah, Iranian man. man. Iranian man. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Everything is uh, consensual and good. Consensual, good, above board. Um, but he does make a comment like, that was my first time having sex with someone like you, a.k.a. someone ethnic, hairy, and dark-skinned. Yeah, that felt weird. Weird, weird is one way to describe it. <laughs> that wasn't a huge Racist, fan. maybe. I was like, you're, I mean, it's... Why are you doing this? Why, why? What's your end game, man? Yeah, I mean, it was gross, and it obviously made Parvis really uncomfortable. And, like, why do you need to even say anything, first of all? But I know, like, 
I've heard people say not only that they've heard stuff like that, like after, but even before, Mm -hmm. like, I know, like, Asian men talk a lot about how um, a lot of grinder profiles and stuff will say, like, no Asians or, Mm. or reverse, like, being fetishized for your culture, like, for being poc or whatever don't do that yeah it's fucked up (laughs) it's just very fucked up it's very fucked up i'm glad this movie represented it yeah but yeah it sucks yeah parvis though rolls it right off and that's where we get the titular line he says no hard feelings i'm not really into pretentious whiteies either got his ass and then smokes a cig he looks cool as hell And, you know, the filmmakers of this movie are all, or at least majority, POC. Mm -hmm. And not only was their goal to represent the POC viewpoints or things that are realistic to them, to their experiences, but they also did specifically want white people to see this too and to understand, like, that's gross. Like, that specifically is gross, but also just understand where they're coming from in a lot of aspects and to help educate us as well i agree i think it was it's a very helpful demonstration this movie as a for for a white audience does make you think Mm -hmm. about yourself and and the role as a perpetrator of racism Mm -hmm. um which we've all been and i I think it's important i've been thinking about this a lot lately with with racism and i don't know if i'm just fucking going off preaching or something but like if you're white you've been racist and that's doesn't mean that you are a racist but like i i think accepting that is is incredibly important and this movie does a really great job i think at showing more subtle ways racism can be exhibited or executed by by white folks yeah it also i mean this movie examines privilege in a big way too totally even within like poc communities so it's like really getting different levels of things going on here like because Parvis is a nationalized Iranian. He experiences his relationship with race a lot differently, or even with queerness, a lot differently than his two friends that he meets, which we have barely gotten into yet at this point, but we're about to, (laughs) Um, who are immigrant Iranians. Yep. And has a lot just, of privileges over them. So. I think we did just introduce them. We mentioned Amon. Okay. We're getting to the sister right now. Okay. <laughs> Him and Amon clearly had a connection when they were at the center before. So he kind of pops into their room mm-hmm. unexpectedly to try and, I don't know, further explore that connection they had. Yeah, when you're into someone, you just kind of, you know, show up around them. Yeah. You just kind of make opportunities available yeah so he shows up at their room aman lives there with his sister banafshi over time banafshi and parvis so the sister and the main guy he becomes her gbf her gay best friend mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> to a straight girl yeah. <laughs> so they become besties and him and aman just have like sexual tension for a while yeah they Mm -hmm. they see each other around each other across the room glances mostly Mm -hmm. little talks here and there or a little um we've walked too close to each other and maybe our shoulders have swiped a little bit or something (laughs) what i did think was cool about banafshi's character though too was that even though this movie kind of the story's mostly centered around these two men they didn't diminish her character at all not at all um, basically the rest of the movie is very dedicated to 
the Nafshi. Yeah, and even the actor who played Parvish suggested that there be more scenes with just him and Banafshi, mm-hmm. like bonding or chatting or whatever, so that their friendship and their relationship had more agency on its own and wasn't her character wasn't reduced to just being like the sister of a guy he yeah. likes too. She was a more fully developed, well-rounded character. Absolutely. That was pretty cool. It didn't feel too male. <laughs> and she's a boss. She's cool. She rules. And she does try and wingman the guys. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Parvish does go to a costume party in Sailor Moon cosplay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call back to his home movies from his childhood and uh, gets sloppy ass drunk and invites Aman and Banafshi to the club. Yeah. <laughs> but by the time they get there, he's so sloppy that they basically just have to take him home. <laughs> yeah. He's... He's a mess. He's he like consistent throughout the movie. He can't hold his liquor. No. Yeah. But he's young, and we've all been there. Oh yeah. <laughs> no shaman, just point. Yeah. <laughs> they get him back to his house and help him take a bath, and like are helping him through everything. Mm-hmm. Somehow, him being so sloppy is what uh, finally bonds the boys, and they do their first kiss. Look, look. As a as a boy, I can tell you, there is nothing hotter. Than another guy being just like so drunk that he can't stand up. Really? No, no. <laughs> because I was gonna say this is the opposite of my experience. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like this made no. This was like what the first part in the movie. Where I was like, what the fuck? What is? Wait, now? Now you're like hubba hubba. Like I get yeah. it. The whole bath thing was. Like, I can see how that sexual tension was building. Yeah. He's like, hey, can you can you rinse me? Can you hold this while I, like, run my hands through my mm-hmm. hair? That, sure, I get how that's built. But, like, I don't know. When someone's sloppy drunk, that's, like, a huge turn off. Turn off, yeah. I had a specific memory to a time when I was having, as a young person, a will they, won't they with someone, and I got sloppy drunk, and they had to take care of me, and famously had to get somebody to help carry me upstairs uh, to their apartment and help me, help me, just everything. Puke and yeah, just yeah. Live and, for the rest um, of the night, and like that was the um the night that the definite won't they happened. All right, yeah, and we were strictly won't they from then on. <laughs> That I think killed whatever attraction yeah. was there. I, I, this was just like I was like, this is just in service of the story. They're yeah. just getting them together now because it works time wise. But yeah, come on. It seemed like this wouldn't have been the time. Aman would not have been that into this. Aman and Banafshi do end up staying the night at his house, and they all sleep in the same bed. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, Banafshi leaves the boys alone. They're full-fledged having a thing now. Yeah. They do more smooching. They're doing wrestling. They're being cute and snuggling. They're dating now. Yeah. Yeah. Also in this time, they have a little more conversation about being a multicultural and bilingual person. Their experience with that and with language. Mm -hmm. Because Aman only speaks Farsi, really. He's not really comfortable with German. Yeah. Parvis speaks both, but is German dominant. Dominant, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just talking about like Aman says that he has hard enough time being himself anyway, and being himself speaking German's even harder. Which I can understand that not yeah. having like fully all the words to say what totally you want. makes sense. Yeah. 
and having to probably consciously think about the language every time you want to speak. Mm-hmm. That's got to be hard. But then also Parvis says that he doesn't feel understood by his parents who also only speak Farsi, I think. Or uh, like mostly. It's I think mostly. they kind of go. Yeah. In and out, like if you've ever hung out with a bilingual family, they'll. But maybe also because he can't express himself fully, mm-hmm. only speaking Farsi. So I thought that's just—it's cool that they're having that conversation in this movie around language. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They're fully having a relationship now, but they have to be secret about it because Aman is not out. It's complicated because Parvis lives with his family, with his parents and everything, so you don't necessarily want to be, like, fucking all the time there when dad walks in, famously, the first night. Seems cool with it, though. (laughs) Seems cool with it, but, like, Aman's not really, like, out, so he's himself not cool with it. And then Aman's living in the refugee center with his sister, so it's, like, there's not, like, a great spot to bone. Yeah. And as we all know as former young people... You make do. <laughs> you just figure out where you can go. The costume collect, the costume storage of the theater. Yeah, been there. Yeah, no, you just figure <laughs> something works. Yeah, you figure it out. Filmmakers did comment that he's not, you know, quote unquote out, but they thought that the concept of outness itself is a Western idea, and that. They kind of saw him as letting people in versus having to come out. It's like a different philosophy, I guess. He like makes the choice to let Parvis in or to let his sister in. Mm -hmm. And he makes a choice who he keeps that part of himself private from too. And that outness or like being out isn't necessarily the goal. Sure. Which I just thought was interesting. That is interesting. I mean, I I think anything that questions or subverts kind of a uh, primary foundational idea of of really anything, like any philosophy or anything like, so like with queerness, for example, Mm -hmm. such in in Western culture, especially out is such like a, not to, I don't want to discredit anyone's process, but I I think there has become, you know, through media, there's kind of a, a manufactured idea of, of what being out can look like. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and that's just how it is. People learn how to come out a lot of times, I think, through the, the movies and TV shows that they, they consume. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really fascinating to look at it just from the completely opposite side and that, like, this is something that's inc- incredibly personal to me. It's it's not a, you know, a, a fuck you if you don't get to see it. It's just you've earned it. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's a show of intimacy. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. So while they're sneaking around, they are boning at the like sort of rec center area of the refugee center. (laughs) Yeah, they get back and do it again. (laughs) And they get caught by a guy. Yeah. A physical altercation goes down. Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Between Amon and this guy. This guy is the same guy who said that shit's contagious. Mm -hmm. We just, the only thing we know about this guy is that he's a homophobe, really. Yeah. Amon seems like, even though it's kind of his choice to like be so private with their relationship, he's not really happy with that. Um, Yeah. Like he, I think he even says that out loud, that he's not happy with having to hide or he's not into it. And when they get caught too, he says something like, we don't have to hide. But then not only beats the homophobe's ass, but also then like pushes Parvis off and says, fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I just took to be just like standard rage. Yeah. 
They're young and having rage. Yeah, I I get that rage filled sometimes. Where just I'll just anyone in my way, I'd be mean to. Yeah, I hate that. It sucks. <laughs> so they're kind of for a time like not really speaking after that too. Yeah. Parvis goes home one night and finds that his mom's laptop is open and she was looking at apartments in in Iran. Yeah, yearning for home. Yeah, and when he confronts her about it, I mean, they have a whole conversation about her saying like we did all this for you, like we worked so hard, you know, we moved here just for you to have like a better life and we've never felt like we belonged here in 30 years and now to think that you also don't feel like you belong here makes it all seem worthless that was like a pretty heartbreaking conversation yeah Yeah. that whole scene that took place like in the loading dock of a grocery store store Mm -hmm. was really really touching to me Mm -hmm. um you know the mom basically just accept you know accepts her son's gay and it additionally kind of hears him out on his in his experience with that intersection of, of his queerness and his culture which it seems like you know regardless of his mom's best efforts there's still just going to be friction there yeah um, it was a really beautiful moving scene i like yeah. that one a lot yeah it was good and after that we find out that banafshi is going to be deported yeah this like sucked me in at this point i was like really fucking there's real stakes Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I would like my I have a little bit of a problem with this movie and stakes because a lot of the early film it's just kind of getting to know. Mm-hmm. And I famously am such a like oh baby I need story I need I need something <laughs> to grab onto not just vibes not just vibes yeah uh, so like when this came along I was like yes yeah all right I'm in you got a little bit of um like politics going on or something just stakes yeah just like okay we're here's something that is going to really we have to move around Uh, yeah yeah Yeah, that is like a big conflict in the movie one of the first things that happens for her with that is that her boss offers to green card marry her Mm -hmm. but at the same time tries to Mm, what do you say he like sexually harasses her about it yeah he's like basically i'll do it if you sleep with me he says you'd have to know what my penis looks like. <laughs> yeah, I I do something for <laughs> you. Dick. You do something for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nasty. She's not having. Doesn't it. work for her. No. Yeah. <laughs> and good for her. Uh, she stands up to him, which had to be set hard. That, he set that boundary. Absolutely. Yeah. She held off telling her brother for a long time. I don't endorse that, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. I think she was hoping that she'd be able to like appeal or do something to make this not be true. Yeah. And probably didn't want to face the reality of what that meant. Yeah. For them. It seems like they've struggled so much just trying to be a part of German life, German culture, Germany, (laughs) some might say. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) to think that like this means they don't know what they're going to do next. Do they go back? They don't want to go back. Do they go somewhere else? She mentions maybe going to Switzerland Mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, and do this all again? No, that sucks. Like this was so much work. And also, like, the third stake is that Amon's in love with Parvis. So now there's, like, another person involved in their relationship. So what do you do around that? Yeah. It just all of a sudden becomes so... Heavy? Yeah. There's so much weight to everything. Even, like, Parvis says some at some point to them, like, I almost want to apologize that I was born into such different circumstances than y'all because, like, this is not 
stuff he's ever really had to think through that much and now he's confronted with it like how difficult their experience is being having that tenuous status yeah that that kind of hanging by a thread yeah this movie's all about you know (laughs) just exposing everyone's privileges and what's what's the opposite of a privilege Hmm. factors about them that can be weaponized against them qualities about them (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's such a long-winded, dumb way to say it, but I can't think of a word. You're just going to look up opposite of privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Disenfranchisement, disqualification, exclusion, prohibition, inhibition. Quality. Fa- Concession? Qualities about them that, that are weaponized to make them disenfranchised. Disadvantage. Disadvantages. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handicaps? No. Handicaps, is, I think disadvantage is good because you can. Yeah. You know, same kind of logic, like, it is disadvantageous to be a POC in America. Yeah. As opposed to white, yeah. Okay. There is a cool lady who warns Banafshi in the middle of the night that whatever the German version of ice is, is coming. Yeah, yeah. To deport her, like, in the middle of the night. And that lady also arranges with Parv to come and get them and take them to a safe house, Mm -hmm. like, somewhere in the country. Which rocks that they had this person on their side. Yeah. And that trip of Parvis taking them out to the country is when him and Aman make up. And they're so in love. They're back in love, baby. And they're so cute. Yes, they are. The chemistry even between those two actors was crazy. Like, it It was was really good, I think. Yeah, I I bought it. it. It all seemed very authentic to me. I watched a lot of gay films in the last week. Yeah. And... Uh, leaves a lot to be desired <laughs> and the um, chemistry a- arenas <laughs> in many of them. So it was very refreshing to see <laughs> for me. <laughs> a lot of other movies are like, okay, this dude willing to they kiss a gay. dude. This dude also willing to kiss that's a dude. That's all we got. Really gay? Questionable. Could go either way. <laughs> willing to kiss a dude? That's all we need. We got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, their chemistry was off the charts, yeah. and I thought that rocked. And they do bone, and I think that's the first time we see them bone, actually. I I liked the sex scene a lot more, because if I was like, there's some fucking weight to this fucking... Yeah, and you feel the difference in chemistry between when he's just having random hookups with grinder guys, versus when he's having, like, I'm in love sex. Totally, yeah. That's great to see, too, and also, just thinking of it from, like, a mainstream audience perspective, like... I don't think people get to see a lot of we're in love gay sex, too. No. Between this, gay men. Yeah. It's such a trope that they, like, have a lot of casual sex with whoever, that that's often what's represented, even in queer stuff. So yeah. having we're in love sex is really good. It was great. Yeah, and in this scene, too, is um, Banafshi tells Parvis, makes him promise to take care of her brother. And then she bolts, like, without saying goodbye to her brother, mm-hmm. really. Which is sad. But I get it, but also... Yeah. I think it's stupid she ran, but yeah. She she bolted she and, yeah, and just, like, left him a voicemail yeah. that said, I'll be in touch soon, basically. That and, like, the two guys being in love is kind of... Pretty much it. Roll creds. Yeah. Yeah. There's that last line or something. It's like, don't stop looking at me or... He says, don't stop seeing me, which is... A callback to the tub scene mm-hmm. where he's 
looked through the bubbles and said, I see you, but then... Oh, I see what that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aman was like a little more weighted about his yeah. little joke and was like, yeah, I know you do. I didn't... Something I didn't, like that. I didn't get that earlier. Yeah. That's that's tight. Yeah, so it was a callback to that and it was really sweet and... Roll creds. Roll creds. Yeah. <laughs> and in the creds, we of course get the Sailor Moon theme song. Was that <laughs> which, what that was? Yeah, which okay. was kind of a vibe kill, I thought, but like... <laughs> Like, I get it, because, like, obviously it tracks with what happened in the movie, like, with the Sailor Moon stuff, but also, like, the end of the movie was so, like, emotional and, like, heartfelt yeah. and romantic. Just give and... me a slow piano track. Yeah, that's, like, really, I needed a slow piano track to, like, vibe <laughs> out to with some tears for a minute. Um, and instead, I'm getting, like, Ichaka e Sailor Moon, <laughs> like, whatever it was, like, <laughs> was, like, kind uh, yeah. of... Uh, Kind of zonked me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you rate this out of five? Out of five, this gets a four out of four stars from me. Okay, pretty good for Macaulay. Yeah, this gets four stars. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> no elaboration, just four stars. Four stars. I I don't. I really. I was a little bored in the beginning when it was just kind of the setup. The setup. Mm -hmm. I found that just a little. I needed a little more substance and a little more some something to keep me attached, mm -hmm. but otherwise outstanding. Yeah. Loved it. I gave this a four and a half. Hell yeah. I mean, we talked about how many cool things there were about queerness in this film. It yeah. was so beautiful in every way, I thought. It was a really sweet movie, but also like aesthetically beautiful. And like I said, like it's really refreshing to have a queer film that doesn't center around the queerness of the mm -hmm. characters. And it's also not just classic like a coming out story or like a homophobic violence story yeah. or just like the same stories that we get over and over again. It, so it didn't just focus on their queerness, but also like on their whole the whole picture of who these people are, their culture, their privileges, um, all that kind of stuff. And also was way more unapologetically queer than we even normally see totally. in queer films. Absolutely. So, excellent representation. I thought, yeah, it was just refreshing it, overall. I think that's a great word for it to me. Yeah. It was just a lot of stuff you never see. It was great. Yeah. Great pick. <laughs> All right. Four out of five and a four. So bada bing, bada boom, baby. Put in the box. Now it's time for Scream Vomit. So in this part of the show, we talk about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. And so, Kali, what you been watching? Uh, you know, I have not had a ton, but I got a couple here. All right. I don't know if I talked about this. Have I talked about the Wicker Man on Pod? No. I did watch the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. Okay. Have you seen the original too, or just... I have only seen Nicolas Cage okay. person. First of all... They're almost two completely different movies, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I am very bummed that the famous bees scene is actually like a deleted scene. Really? It's not in the main cut, mm. the standard cut. So I felt very ripped off when I, because I paid to rent this. It wasn't on anything. <laughs> and you're waiting for bees the whole time. Yeah, and I'm yeah. waiting, and it just doesn't happen. Okay. And I'm just like, fuck. I hate it when that happens. All right, it's what it is, what it is. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I mean, it's, you got to see it. Like, yeah. everything's wrong. I've watched it, but it's been so long that, like, I don't remember a lot of the details about it. Everything is wrong. Yeah. But it feels so right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there is a there is a disturbing amount 
of Nicolas Cage punching women in the head. Yeah, that sounds right. Really, like, <laughs> oh man, this is the fourth or fifth time this has happened. This is upsetting. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, Nicolas Cage really given, like, one of the nuttier. Yeah. Like, a, a great, yeah. A it, nutty Nick. A nutty Nick. If yeah. you need a good nutty Nick, there's a reason it, it has the reputation it does. Uh-huh. Gotta watch it. I watched... 13 going on 30. Okay. Starring Yennefer Garner. All right. And? It's fine. Well, who was the other guy in it? Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo's in it. He does his role. <laughs> Jennifer Garner does the like, adequate, ooh, I'm a kid. Yeah. And yeah, I, I wasn't, I was, I was fine with it. It was all right. Yeah. Uh, and then as mentioned earlier, I did watch The Faculty mm-hmm. with... Which is insane. There's so many people in that movie, too. So many. You have Jon Stewart. You have Jon Stewart, Josh Hartnett, fucking Elijah Wood. Every background character you've ever seen in any other Uh movie is in it. I think my review on Letterboxd is like, hey, did you know every person who was a celebrity in 1998 was in this movie? Every every (laughs) single one. Yeah. Famke Jansen. Yeah. uh, As uh, the teacher that fucks Josh Hartnett. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really processed that because I watched it last night. Yeah. And casting uh, is crazy. I'm casting's like, crazy. The, the casting m- goes crazy. It's just an extended <laughs> mo- Buffy episode, though. Okay. I've never watched Buffy, actually. It's an extended X Files episode. Gays though. don't cancel me. <laughs> I know. I don't know how you're even. It is actually a crime that I never watched Buffy. I was a charmed kid. So I feel like it's you're either one or the other, and I was charmed. So yeah. sorry. It's it's good. Yeah. Buffy's worth the first. Everybody tells me you would love Buffy, watch Buffy. It's gay as hell, and I'm like, yeah, I probably would. I was a charmed guy though, so I'm yeah. sorry. You're not missing out. Anyway, that's really <laughs> all I got for right now. Really? Because we just recorded the other day. Mm-hmm. My turn then. Yeah, your turn. Go off. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I watched some cool stuff this week. Okay, I'll start with the unhinged one. I watched Little Ashes. which is from like 2008 it's um robert pattinson playing (laughs) gay salvador dali which i didn't (laughs) i'm just shaking my head over here like this is wrong this is all wrong wrong. okay i can't believe that nobody told me (laughs) that this movie existed i just found out about this movie and i had to watch it instantly i watched it the same day i found out about it because i was like this movie can't 2008 i think oh okay okay like, how, how has nobody told me that there's a RP being a gay guy? Yeah, he only looks like the picture that's on the poster for, like, five minutes of the movie, actually. Uh, okay, okay. Um, that's a bummer. I know, it is a bummer. But I'm gonna, I'll show you. He has a really good look before that. I didn't find this out until after the movie, and I posted about it online, and mm-hmm. people were responding, that he allegedly actually comes in the movie like he actually jacks off to completion in the movie like there's a scene where he's jacking off yeah, yeah. and and he does come in the scene but like allegedly it's real it's real come yeah um <laughs> which i didn't know there is a full nudie scene too cool but like i just feel like i would have watched it a little differently if i thought that it was real <laughs> yeah. it's pretty insane it's on hoopla for free overall the movie out of like Okay, so we all know I have a, we have a weird fascination with Robert Pattinson. It's not necessarily like, we call it standum, but it's a stand, it's ironic standum almost. It is. It is ironic standum. <laughs> and look, if he does something that is not good, I am not going to defend him very hard. <laughs> 
but we're so fascinated to see whatever he does. He also, Absolutely. Salvador Dali, famously Spanish, he does attempt to have a Spanish accent next to all actual Spanish actors. Bueno. <laughs> it usually means, in his version, it usually means that he's enunciating his T's and D's a little harder. I was say, why doesn't he do the, the F? I don't That's know. That's all the Spanish accent is. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty rough on the accent front, which I loved. I thought was yeah, hilarious. No, I, I would love that, too. He only went for it even for, like, the first half of the movie and then totally bails <laughs> on it. Um, and even when he was going for it, it was not going well. <laughs> so... <laughs> it was hysterical but just on a scale of like the older deeper cut rp films that i've watched it actually wasn't that bad okay like i'm not gonna say that it was a good movie yeah but it was entertaining throughout there was queerness and it was fine it was entertaining enough nice you know it was fine yeah. um so little ashes is that one okay um i watched a history of violence oh yeah which i'd never seen that's a great so, one. Yeah, that was really good. I think, um, I guess I wouldn't consider myself a huge Cronehead, a, a big Cronenberg guy. But on the scale of all the Cronenberg films I've seen, probably his best, I think. Like Maps to the Stars, I really love this story a lot more. Yeah. But sometimes visually is weird. I thought History of Violence had a more complete, like, everything about it was pretty good. Where like, do you hold the fly and all that? Because that's my oh, top Oh, I haven't Cronenberg. seen the fly. Okay, so that that's would be, my top Cronenberg. Yeah. I'm not, like I said, a huge crone head, but yeah. I have seen Videodrome. I've that's seen, kind of middling. I've seen, I don't know, a couple of, I don't remember now. If you've seen Scanner, seen. Uh, Scanners is not that good. Yeah. Scanners, I think, gets, gets kind of bogged down. Because mm -hmm. um, I love Cronenberg. And yeah. I'm like trying, I'm trying to be like a He's like fine. But yeah. Like, but he does have like highs and lows. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, History of Violence, I think, is a really underrated it really gem. Good. Mm -hmm. It's outstanding. So, Viga Mortensen, 69's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And that was tight. <laughs> you don't see a lot of straight 69. You don't see much 69 in... in I mean, I'm, I'm talking 69 representation here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then I watched a short film called Flex, which okay. I loved. Um, directed by Matt Porter, written by and stars the comedian Charles Gould. It's a bisexual man film, which okay. is like very underrepresented community. Yeah. And I thought it was really good representation and also really entertaining and well done. I was like thoroughly surprised by it. I've watched some other Matt Porter shorts and they've all been pretty decent. Mm -hmm. But this was just such really good bisexual man representation. I And it was funny and I thought it was, yeah, good short. Flex. Incredible. All right, two more. I watched... Thunder Road, directed and written by and stars Jim Cummings. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a short film that preceded it, but honestly, just stick to the feature. Okay. The short film's like fine, but they did it the same thing and a lot better in the feature. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It was really good, and I was nice. really surprised by it because it is a very indie film. There's also some cool people in it. Um, Macon Blair was in it, who famously okay. directed... I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Yeah. Um, and Jocelyn DeBoer, who also wrote and directed some shorts that I've talked about on here oh, before. Yeah. Um, and the movie Greener Grass. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But anyway, so there's cool people in it. And Jim Cummings just goes like 
He goes so hard. He goes crazy yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, he commits just like 150% and goes absolutely off. I did see like a letterbox review that was like, this felt like Jim Cummings' one man show, which I kind of, <laughs> I kind of get, but like he did really good. One man shows can be good. I he have seen really a good one good. man show. Yeah. <laughs> so I was super into it. The whole, the first opening scene is like 20 minutes long and it's like mm-hmm. just all him like losing his mind is very, very cool. Amazing. Thunder Road was a really good movie. Hell yeah. So watch out. Last one. I watched Bad Lieutenant. Oh, with Harvey Keitel? The the original, yeah. And I loved it. Oh, it's... (laughs) Yeah, you're either going to love that or... I'm surprised... Well, not really. I love that. That movie is really just... There's not much story. It's just a lot of vibes. <laughs> it's a lot of vibes and boy being bad, doing bad stuff. He's just being a bad guy. He's being it felt bad a lot like It felt a lot like Taxi Driver to me yes. in that sort of way. But honestly, um, movie guys are going to hate me, but I think I liked it better than Taxi Driver. That's fine. <laughs> I, know, I, I love Taxi Driver, and but yes, that's yeah. Mad Lieutenant is incredible. Yeah. Harvey Keitel is such a fucking... You talk about putting on a tour de force with Jim Cummings and, and Thunder yeah. Road. Like, Harvey Keitel. He also went very hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, do you see Dong in it? I feel like I've heard that um, there's a cut where he showed his Dong. There's definitely a scene where he's jacking off, but you don't see Dong okay. in it. Um, I feel like I remember feeling slighted mm, that it wasn't featured. I don't think there was on-screen dong i don't the on-screen dong doesn't stick with me as much as it does you though so like (laughs) like you said about boobs before it just washes over me (laughs) unless there's something unusual going on (laughs) it just washes over me yeah yeah i don't know but i really liked the movie so i thought it was well done and it's it was just cool and fun. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I wouldn't call that fun movie unless you like... <laughs> They're being so bad. He's just the worst. He's literally so bad. Yeah. It's cool. Lindsay <laughs> said it reminded her of Taxi Driver meets Uncut Gems, and she hates both those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can see that. I watched it right after actually watching um, Trees Lounge, which is the uh, it's a Steve Buscemi movie that oh, he directed? Oh, I saw you post about this. Yeah, yeah. And in Trees Lounge is also kind of about a scumbag who like does too many substances and yeah. kind of romps around town, being sort of useless and causing trouble. So I watched that movie and then watched Bad Lieutenant. So Bad Lieutenant just felt like the escalation of the previous. Just a better movie. done film, yeah. <laughs> Well, it was like, maybe he started where Trees Lounge was and escalated to being Bad Lieutenant. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess if I'm going to mention Trees Lounge, it was a fine film, I yeah. think. all right. It was just fine. I, I think seeing young, young Steve Buscemi is always cool. Yeah, he does date teenage Chloe Sevigny in the movie. Teenage Chloe Sevigny rocked. She was gorge. Of I think course. she's actually 21 in the film, but okay. her character's 17 or oh, 16 good. or That's something. That's good. That's good they made <laughs> but, her younger. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she rocks in the film, but Jesus. it was just a fine movie. Sure. I, so many people have told me it's so good. Oh, it's a, such a good movie. Such a great film, but I thought it was fine. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Right. Um, okay, but that's all I watched this week. Hell yeah. Um, plugs, baby. <laughs> All right, so 
course, we have to thank Thin Swimmer for our theme song. Haven't done that in a while. And you can find us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a rating and review, please. And you can send us an email at ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest movies. Hey, if you want to check out a podcast that is officially now, it's dead, but it's still up. It's about (laughs) labor and stuff. It's called How to Fire Your Boss. It's up on all the stuff. It's just my voice up there. Hell yeah. And I don't know what we'll be watching next week yet, so stay tuned to our Instagram for that. And we'll see you next week, baby. Bye-bye. Bye.